If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Today's chat's been brought to you by International Horse College. We have a mission to improve the welfare of horses throughout the world through the safe education of riders, handlers and trainers and that's what these chats are all about. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Today's guest again is Peter Huntington, Dr Peter Huntington from Kentucky Equine Research with some more information about horses, how to care for your horses and today's going to talk about 10 tips on nutritional considerations for overweight horses. How are you Peter? Um, great, thanks, Glenis. Unfortunately, this is a topic that's becoming uh, relevant to more and more people because the uh, like the human population, the horse population, obesity <laughs> and, and or overweight and obese horses, the number of them are going up. All right, so we're going to talk about what to do with a horse who is overweight. Uh, well, there's, there's a number of things you need to do. First of all, it's recognising the horse that's overweight and I think uh, in some circles, in showing um, show judges and standards that they require um, set unreasonably high standards, or not high standards, they're low standards, actually, because they require the horses to be too fat mm -hmm. to be judged as, as having a chance of doing any good in the show ring. So they're, they're setting a low standard, but there are many breeds of horses that are prone to being overweight. And particularly when you match that breed of a horse with the good climate that we have here in Australia and some of the pastures that are developed for sheep and cattle that are really highly productive. And um, you put, you know, warm buds and ponies and quarter horses and things like that together with combination and you'll get, um, you'll very quickly get overweight horses. The other thing is exercise, is that there are too many horses that uh, people think they're doing a lot more work with them than they actually are. Mm -hmm. You know, a bit of walking and trotting. Um, for half an hour, two or three times a week, isn't all that much work. And so too many overweight horses, you know, the saddle blanket just isn't wet enough. Yes. They haven't done the work. Okay, okay. Now, you know, we've got a, lots of different breeds and types and everything else, but the body condition scoring, tell us a bit about that. You know, how, why, when, and the best one to use, of course. Okay, well, body condition scoring is a tool that you can use to monitor how, how fat or thin your horse is either in conjunction with uh, measurements of body weight or in, um, you know, uh, if you don't have the ability to, to measure body weight. So body condition scoring is putting a number to, to how fat or thin the horse is, and so it's a sort of semi-objective method of doing that. We're not measuring, um, you know, body mass index or... or uh, or sort of um, doing some of the complicated things that might, or doing skin folds or mm -hmm. that sort of thing that might happen in human athletes. Um, but it does put a number and allows you then to compare that number in when you look at the horse again in a month's time, say. Sure. So, or you compare groups of horses. There's two different systems. There's an American system that's based on one to nine, or an Australian one, zero to five with half scores, and I sort of developed the Australian one. Mm -hmm. And various people will, um, you can find pictures and descriptions of that, and it ranges from, um, you know, good to, or, well, ranges from uh, poor, very poor condition through poor, through moderate, through good, through fat, and very fat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Now, when should you do it? How should you do it? You need to both look at the horse and often you need to feel the horse. Um, you know, if the mane is hanging down on the side, you're looking at the horse, you need to pick the mane up and see whether the horse has got a U-neck or got a crest. In the overweight horses, they all have crests. Uh, feel how thick that crest is. Um, you need to look at, you know, are the ribs covered? Uh, what, what do we have along the top line and the backbone? We've got a gutter there um, and a big gutter on the rump. And stand behind the horse and, you know, look at the shape of the rump. Is that muscle or is it fat? Many people confuse that. And, uh, you know, white muscle doesn't exist in horses. But there's a lot of confusion between the sort of big fat deposits. People think they're actually you know, it's a well-muscled horse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We've talked a bit about nutritional considerations for overweight horses, but what are the problems anyway if the horse is obese? You know, what are the problems like besides the look of the horse, but what other problems are there? Well, um, there's several problems that the horse may have. One is that it's just you're asking its joints and legs to carry extra weight, mm-hmm. so that puts extra strain on them. Um, second is it's often associated with behaviour problems. Uh, so, uh, you know, the, the, the fat horse that isn't worked hard enough, behaviour is, is an issue associated with unfitness, harder to get the horse fit if it's in that circumstance. Um, and then there are medical conditions. So body fat is not just inert. It actually uh, produces some, um, some, you know, mediators of, of inflammation and uh, you know, leads to damage to, to cells within the uh, in the horse. And then there are serious sort of medical conditions like uh, equine metabolic syndrome that relates to insulin dysfunction and the risks of laminitis. So they're probably, you know, the key things that you've got to think about uh, in terms of the risk to the overweight horse. Now, if the horse is being overfed uh, and that's a contributor, then there's probably an increased risk of colic associated with that. Okay. So there are many reasons for avoiding uh, avoiding having an overweight horse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, we talk about nutrition, correct, nutrition for just horses in general, but what about exercise? How important is exercise in the overweight horse? Well, I think exercise is really important. If you just try and sort of starve the horse so that um, you get a reduction in body condition, it's going to take a lot longer and be a lot less effective than it will be if you combine exercise. It's this sort of combination of, you know, calories in and calories out. So the more we can get the calories out, um, the, the more calories in we can have, but the horse can still lose some weight. So now when I'm talking exercise, there are some horses exercise themselves in the paddock. And one of the problems is many of the horses in this situation are either, um, you know, show horses or they may have they need to be locked up because people are worried they'll get in the fence or something like that or get kicked or bitten by another horse. Um, or they've had laminitis already and they've got sore feet. Mm-hmm. So exercise is difficult, but exercise that, that raises a sweat is what's needed. Okay. So interestingly, there was a study, study done last year or the year before looking at swimming exercise. Now, not everybody has a place for horse to swim, but they did find that um, if you swim horses, you improve glucose and insulin dynamics. So you're reducing one of the risk factors for laminitis related to um, high levels of, of insulin okay. and insulin dysfunction. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, you talked before about um, starving, and I'm sure that you were just joking about, you know, you can't remember what you said, but um, about locking the horse up and starving. Tell us what happens if we do lock our horse up and just starve them because they're going to lose weight if we don't feed them. What side effects yep. can we have? What else? Yeah. Well, you, 
you've got some side effects on um, on gut function. The horse needs a certain amount of, of food or fibre in the gut each day um, to be um, to keep that functioning normally. And um, you know, you've you've got is it, is it cruel to you know? I think it's, it, it, at times it might verge on cruelty to, in fact, you know, deprive the horse of food so much that it you know spends twenty three and a half hours a day standing there and half an hour a day eating. Horses are designed to eat for long periods of the day. Um, the second is in certain types of horses, particularly ponies, they're prone to a, a condition called hypolipemia, um, where you, you starve the horse and uh, they have elevation of, of fatty acids in their blood and that's damaging to their liver and it's life-threatening. So you can't just starve the horse. You can't just say, I'm, I'm going to give them nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think that's uh, that's bad for their health and bad for their welfare. Okay, okay, okay. So, say we've got the horse on restricted pasture. How important is the forage for those horses? Well, I think the horse needs a certain amount of forage. So, if you've got an overweight horse and you you lock it up in an area, a, a yard mm. uh, without pasture, then it gives you much more control over the pasture intake. Whereas, if it it gives you more control over the forage intake and the feed intake. Whereas if it's out in the paddock, um, how much it eats will depend upon its own uh, appetite uh, or its need. You know, there's been research show you lock ponies up for 20 hours a day and four hours they can eat over half their daily feeding time. You know, <laughs> yep. Yep. so you might have them locked up most of the day and just put them out for a little while, but they can get plenty of feed into them. So it allows you to measure, allows you to measure the intake. And so we had some recommendations about measurements of where you start with, and it might be sort of one and a half percent of body weight, uh, but you may need to get down to you know one point two five percent of body weight. So by measuring the hay, you actually know how much the horse is eating, and you can cut that down, and therefore look at um, then um, you know assisting supplying the horse with reduced amount of calories, so you can you can aid weight loss, hopefully in combination with exercise that consumes more calories. Okay. Stop. I need to interrupt this chat for a hot-off-the-press notification. That is, that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available, and the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry... If you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the 101 careers in the horse industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine, maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. Now, say we've got a feed and we just give them, you know, we might split a normal feed in half so it's below the recommended requirements. How does that work? Would that work, not work? Well, that, uh, I mean, that's often a sensible response. If somebody says, my horse is overweight, well, I'm going to give it less feed. That's, mm. that's sensible. So we get less calories, but... The feed was designed around feeds that are balanced feeds designed around certain intakes. So if we say, um, okay, uh, you know, I want to get some weight off the horse, I'm going to cut the feed down. We also cut down the levels of vitamins and minerals and things like that in the diet. Okay. So that's where uh, rather than feeding, you know, half a dipper of feed that's designed to be fed at four kilos, you're better to 
pick a feed that's designed to be fed at, um, at uh, that lower intake. So you want a low-calorie um, balanced pellet that usually they'll have some protein in, which is useful because we still want uh, we want to deprive the horse of energy, but not protein and minerals and vitamins. So uh, the mistake of saying, I'm just going to feed the horse very poor quality grass hay is that you get an unbalanced diet that is not going to... Um, allow the horse to uh, be as healthy as it should be because it's deprived of certain vitamins and minerals. So we want a, a feed suited to the low intake. Low mm-hmm. intake is the, the, right, the right action, but pick the right feed, like something like all-phase pellet or gold pellet are a couple of examples of our supplements that are suited to be fed to the overweight horse with, yep. with control of forage. All right, so say we've got an overweight horse and we need a plan for it for some sort of an achievable weight loss. What sort of plan would you recommend? Well, I think you can look, and this is where you probably need to consult with a uh, you know a nutritionist like uh, some of the advice we can give, and starting at uh, something like you know one and a half percent of the horse's body weight. So if you've got a four kilo horse, four hundred kilo horse, four kilo horse would be a bit small, four hundred kilo horse, um, then. Um, you know, you're, you're looking at uh, sort of no more than six kilos of feed per day, and we want lower energy uh, hay. So we don't want any loosened hay. We don't want any high-energy supplements like uh, super fibres. We're looking at lower-energy hay. Perhaps we're using uh, soaking that hay to wash some of the sugar and wash some of the energy out of it, which allows us to feed a bit more and get more condition loss. And we're looking at some sort of um, balance of pellet uh, in there, which um, in fact, um, you know, will supply mineral, some protein, minerals, and vitamins we're missing. Because that restricted diet will usually, uh, you know, the horse will want to eat more than that. Uh, often we need to use a small whole hay net or a double hay net or something like that to, to help that hay get through the day, help spin it out. Um, and we're going to monitor it. So we're going to review the horse once a month, and then if we don't achieve anything, um, well, you know, we're going to reduce that further, perhaps to 1.25% of body weight. Um, so we're looking at further reductions after a month. You do get big changes in body weight early, but then other, other you know, reduction uh, will, will take some time and you do need to be patient. It's not going to happen overnight unless you're doing sort of dangerously low restrictions of forage intake. Sure. Sure. Now, when you say a double hay net, do you mean a hay net inside a hay net? You don't mean two hay nets, like a, yeah, yeah. a slow feeder yeah, hay net yeah, that's got yeah. smaller holes. Yeah, yeah. Slow, feed, yep. Slow, yep. slow feeder hay net. Okay, okay. Holes. Yeah. That's all right. The smaller yes. the holes, the longer it takes to eat yes. the hay. Yes, yes. So if we've got a good doer, and I'm thinking about one we've got here right now, what's uh-huh. the best way to feed them, you know, to prevent this obesity? Well, I think you've got to, you know, look at the condition the horse is in and then don't pick, you know, Look at the quality of feed that you've got. Um, if it's if you've got the horse in a paddock uh, and getting fat in the paddock, well, you know, think about restricting the time that's out there or having a muzzle or something like that. You know, muzzles are really useful for these horses because then they can get some exercise, but you know, limited amounts of pasture. Mm-hmm. If you've got the horse like that, you try and pick um, a hay that's not the prime quality. You know, you don't feed prime loosen to it. Sure. because too high an energy. You pick lower energy feeds and you pick lower intake feeds so that you're sort of not overloading the horse with calories. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And the lower intake feed might be something that's one kilo a day. 
um, rather than a you know two or three, but pick the feed that's right to be used at that that rate. All right. If you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor, or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now. Have a look. Horsechats.com. Now, of course, rather than having the overweight horse or the obese horse, prevention's better than cure. What's better? Give us some tips on selecting the correct feed or even the supplements just to make sure that we can meet the horse's requirements um, but without the extra calories. What tips have you got yeah, for okay. us? Well, to have a, really have a look at feed intake, recommended feed intakes and energy. So look at energy now. A lot of feeds don't uh, all declare protein and fat. Don't, they may not declare energy on them. So, um, but if, if energy is declared, then looking for a lower energy feed um, or feeding a smaller amount. Um, now, if you've got something that's said the recommended feeding rate's one kilo, um, the horse isn't going to get massive amount of calories from that. But if the recommended feeding, feeding rate is four kilos, then, yeah, you're going to get, you get a lot. So cutting down the intake of feeds, um, doing as much with forage, uh, no, you know, no snacks, no treats, um, trying to cut out all the high energy sources. So where things like um, high fat supplements, you know, oil is the highest energy source there is around. So you know, cutting down, having a low fat diet, avoiding things like sunflower seeds that we know the horse likes to eat, but has got a lot of energy in it. Mm-hmm. So um, it's a matter of doing all of those things. Now, challenging act if you've got a show horse because you want the horse to have a good coat, that helps the coat. Um, and you've got these judges who want the horse to look round before they're going to consider it uh, to be a suitable candidate for pulling up and getting a ribbon. So sure. I think there's a bit of education there, a, maybe. A bit of edu- definitely education required there. So yep. it's it's looking at the horse and not necessarily thinking, you know, the feed bin needs to be full yes. um, because the horse was an animal that um, designed on forage and allowing horses to be horses. And I think it's letting them out in paddocks, um, allowing them to, to exercise. You know, all of these things are, um, are really important. A free choice exercise, the horse, you know, walk considerable distances a day yep. to do that with free choice or ride them, you know, mm, riding mm. them so that they do enough. Hills are great exercise for them um, and uh, because, you know, they do more work when they're going up hills, as you know. Yes. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, pick the right horse for the for the right circumstance. Don't plant quality pasture. Don't buy, you know, the best hay you can buy if you've got a horse that's prone to, to getting too heavy on it. Okay. Now, Peter, you talked a bit before about a nutritionist, you know, about getting a, um, a plan for achievable weight loss and consulting a nutritionist. Where's the best place for people to go if they want a special nutritionalist that understands horses, understands their requirements that can help them with their overweight horse? Well, I, I guess I'd have to say KR. We've got an advice service there. Uh, it's good advice um, and people can get in touch with us on 1-800-772-198 or um, through emailing advice at kr.com. If they want to read things about feeding the overweight horse, they can go to the library on our website um, you know, the library section, go to Equinews and search, uh, you know, the overweight horse or the, or the uh, fat horse and that will come up with some of the problems, uh, some of the risk factors and some of the ways of managing, uh, 
managing these circumstances. So it's challenging. Um, but it seems like we have more horses uh, that are, as we get, you know, more, particularly we get more warm bloods, we get more ponies around, more quarter horses. We're definitely getting more overweight horses than when our population was full of thoroughbreds because thoroughbreds are the least likely to get overweight and, um, you know, the warm bloods and ponies are the most likely to. Okay. Peter, thank you again. If anyone missed those contact details, just go to horsechats.com, search for Peter Huntington at the bottom of each page, and he's done 10 pages now. So thank you, Peter, for coming back each month and having a chat to us. At the bottom of each page, you'll find all those contact details if you'd like to have a look on the KER website and also the, the numbers and the, um, the newsletter. Thanks, Peter, again for coming, and hopefully we'll catch up with you again next month. We'll do. Keep up the good work, uh, Gwyneth, with um, with helping uh, educate horse owners and helping them uh, care for their horses better. And thanks for your contribution. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below 